2: Sans Pants Radio, cuz baby, you're a firework. Welcome to this week's episode of Movie Maintenance, where we ask the important questions like why don't fantasy films work? Okay, so I'm just gonna kind of, uh, when we're recording this, like I've, I've seen, I've seen, Warcraft movie now twice now, uh, yeah. not because I don't th- not because I think it's a good film, just because one I'm I was a, f- like, a lot of my waking adult life is spent stopping myself from reinstalling World of Warcraft and then giving it five years of my life.
3: You're doing very well. So thank far. you.
2: I thank you. Um, so like- sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I've got to call up Ed Goose. Ed Goose has happened it's a again. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's like Ed Goose Burning Legion's coming out soon. I can play a demon. I'm like no.
3: You don't need it. You have a girlfriend now. She loves you very much. (laughs) She will never see me again.
2: So I've seen it twice, and not because it's a good movie, but once because I wanted to see it and I see what it was like, and second because I wanted to see it with my uh, friend we used to play WoW together with. And, yeah, it's not a great film by any stretch of imagination. It's almost a good film, and I do want to do a movie maintenance just on Warcraft alone because, man, it's so close, but it becomes a perfectly serviceable 5 out of 10 film. Like It's not amazing. It's not terrible, it's got some moments, and like it, it's a sort of um, unfortunately just doesn't hit the mark. And it kind of made me wonder. And I, I think also because in the in the box office, it didn't do that well either.
1: It's done okay, I think. Like
3: I think China it's, done, it's, done it's done really, really done well. Really, that's real China, China, and China just makes money for everybody. Apparently, yeah. yeah. All, all the, the, the Transformers Genesis.
4: and Terminators, Genesis. all the all the Terminators, all the crappy yeah. Transformers, do pretty really well. <laughs> Not in China.
3: Fury Road though, because they'd never released it in China, huh? Really, because yeah. it was. Women? Too good
4: <laughs> <laughs> I think too good is yeah, definitely yeah. the answer to um, that Gabe.
1: Best movie of I'm that not year. Back into, well, Jurassic World was the best movie of that year. <laughs> <wait>. <laughs> well, let's not get back into this. Oh, I knew uh, get on it. I knew up I until it.
3: that point just now. I've known you for about a year now, Gabe. That is the most dejected I've ever seen you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because I know what happens when I say bad things about Fury Road or
2: Jessica Jones. People don't like it. <laughs> they really don't. They really don't. Um so it did like it did well in like the Chinese market. Yeah. It did not do well in the like, any kind of the Australian or the US or. Uh, Mark as well. And also critics did pan the shit out of it. What
4: was it up against?
2: Just out of curiosity. I think it was the it like king a week after of X-Men its
3: week. Yeah. But yeah. It in its week, it was probably the biggest film yeah. released. It wasn't a directly opposing wasn't anything massive. Yeah. Oh, Finding no. Dory,
1: didn't that come out around the that same time? Or that a been was that week later? Yeah, No, okay. like like it came out against audiences. maybe mm. the Nice Guys. Yeah. I feel like Nice Guys was earlier. Nice Guys was earlier. Oh, no, that's yeah. true. Yeah.
3: yeah. Middle of June. Um... Yeah, Warcraft kind of had nothing else yeah. competing Ninja with it. Ninja Turtles? Ninja Turtles. Yeah, that'd be it. But again, that is pretty is much the same film. they <laughs> <Like>, have <laughs> got the same reaction. Great in China, critically panned, not great in other markets. The thing
1: about Warcraft is like I honestly had no interest in seeing it from like the first trailer. I don't play Warcraft. I don't really know anything about it. But I almost just want to see it because of how much of a champ Duncan Jones is being about it.
2: Oh, yeah, with like, like if you just, watch that interview he oh. did with the guys being like, this movie's pure shit, what are your thoughts? He's like, well, okay, Um, some people like it, and hey. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> and, and, and-, and just that tweet he sent out, which, I mean, I retweeted, like, despite having not seen it, mm. and, oh, and Duncan Jones, are. Uh, uh, liked to reply to that tweet I, I made, so that who, <laughs> who I who I once I, I once saw one film of his that I liked, which <laughs> was Moon. Moon's fantastic. Source code. Source code but, but Source anyway, Code um is
2: amazing. Source Code is amazing, and I love the ending because you kind of like he's stolen a man's life. He's stolen a man's life, and no one's worried about no, this. No, no one cares. and it's so good. Oh, where's the Um, yeah.
4: Yeah, sorry yeah. to derail the conversation. Fuck you, <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's about a train <laughs> derailment. Trade. I don't know that much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm out. That's all. I'll do <laughs> <laughs> but no, he,
1: um, just that tweet he put out where he was just like, "Hey guys, if mm. you like Warcraft, awesome. Tell your friends. If you don't, that's cool. But just remember, it's just a movie. Yeah. yeah like in stark
3: out. contrast to Alex Pryor's who yeah. directed <laughs> Gods of Egypt. Oh, but when we people were... talked about Gods of <sighs> Egypt, he's like, "No, you just don't understand my movie.
1: Before we um went before we did oh. this because Alex Proyas is not a Australian. I've got, like, one or two mutual friends with him on Facebook.
4: No way. Like, And
1: so, Ed Goose and I went onto his Facebook and read through a whole bunch of these rants he puts up. He is not a happy man. Really? He is an angry man at life. Because... There's this one huge thing he put up about getting into this argument with a talking about, like, oh, Mm. critics are upset because, you know, (laughs) I'm calling them idiots and I'm calling into question the the, uh, value of what they do. And he goes this, like, huge paragraph rant about, like, how shit critics are. Then he gets to the end and he goes... But you know, I'll never get a good review from them again. But obviously, I don't care. And I was like, <laughs> obviously um, you do. Well, c- considering the like ten posts about this very <laughs> issue, I can find if I scroll down your page. And you did this
3: an thing also, against, who uh, with
2: Obviously, I don't care. You cares it's just a lie. Yes. It's just
3: being yes. dishonest.
2: Yeah, I, I think I don't know. We, we critics. You always see this with like, so certain directors, and they get real snarky. Snarky critics. And it's always when they've got a. Bad film coming out or about bad, bad film that came out. See, and, that's what I like about Duncan Jones. Is like It's just like, yeah, okay.
1: I mean, yeah, if you don't like it, that's cool.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean it, it is going to be hard to take some of that. Like, you know, you've put a lot of time effort Oh, but and I, like, sweat I, and I, tears I know, of, you like, get, I know yeah. how it feels to get
1: yeah. a bad review of something, and it sucks. Yeah. But the fact is, like, it, it cuts both ways. Mm. Like, because obviously, like, my, I, I make more money writing reviews than I do writing mm. fiction. You know, so, like, as a writer, I'm more of a professional critic than I am anything else. you like, you it, heathen. <laughs> I know. But, like, it's, it's funny because, like, on the one hand, it's like a critic's job is literally just to explain why they liked or didn't like something. Mm. And I've, like, reviewed people's plays and been torn to shreds by the people in the theatre, like, and had, you know, people, mm. like, say all these horrible things about me, like, to friends of mine and stuff like that because I dared to suggest that their play wasn't amazing. But then conversely, the flip side to it is that, like, I've had bad reviews of my own plays, mm. and the fact of it is, like, Honestly, you just have to take it. And even though I can – I've read bad reviews. I've been like – I've read actually really bad reviews where I've read them and been like, I actually agree with what they're saying, Mm. which honestly is when it hurts the most. Mm. But Mm. there are other ones where I've read and been like, I disagree with it. I think it's a shit review. But I don't hold it against the reviewer. Like yeah. it's just they're just expressing their opinion. That's okay. Like if you if a critic comes to see something, if you're putting yourself out there and critics mm. will be vocal about their opinions, you are gambling. Anytime mm. you create something and put it out there for the public to consume, you are gambling and sometimes you lose. And the best way to respond, if you lose, as Duncan Jones kind of has apparently, yeah. but I haven't seen Warcraft, so I can't judge it is just take it with dignity. Like, have some dignity. I mean, Alex Proyas is now a punchline to those of us in this room, being like, not only did you make Gods of Egypt, but instead of wearing it and just being like, whatever, man, I tried to make a fun film. Exactly, like, um, Like, you know. Uh, Nobody
3: tell Alex Proyas about this podcast. I don't think he'd like it.
2: Maybe not. Maybe he'd bits some bones. Uh, because like, it reminded me, like, when we, after, because me and Goose went to like, a lovely man date to see that film. Ah. Oh. Fuck! Did I have a good time? <laughs> it was
1: I, like I was grinning from ear to ear when
2: that film like, started. It's it's, like, it's not a, it's not a, it's so bad. It's good film. It's so bad. It's terrible. But it's, I'm enjoying myself. So yeah. bad. It's
1: good at first. Like when it started out, I was like, you know, when Fuck. it started and there was like going around the statues and the music came in, it was like <laughs> sweeping over. There was, like CGI'd oh. Egypt. It wasn't really Egypt, and I was and that like, worst this transition. Is going to be
3: that was the sick. worst. Tra- I can't believe that transition actually made it into a film. I'm a filmmaker. I mean,
1: sometimes. I wouldn't make that mistake. There is a bit. There is a bit in the film where Jared Butler flies a chariot pulled by scarab beetles fighting people in midair. It is awesome. And I would have loved to have <laughs> and, enjoyed that. But like the but fact is, it. you know, like it's actually a weirdly it's a weird case where we can actually compare the two films quite clearly because they're both big meant to be sort of big fun blockbusters that have yeah. kind of missed the mark. And in one case, the director has been like, you know what? Fair enough, people have their opinions. I stand by my film, but if you okay, don't like it, yeah. that's cool. And yeah. the other case, this director has taken to task anybody who has even the slightest issue. Like, you do know opinions are objective, right? What? Like <laughs> I and it's outrageous, isn't it? Crazy but He's got another
3: post uh, criticizing people who like superhero movies. It's like, if you like superhero movies, don't talk to me. Your opinion is yeah, invalid. I, saw that. I would never make a superhero film. It's like, no studio is ever going to ask you to make a superhero film. <laughs> but mate. gods
2: of Egypt. Was, Actually, no, was he already made one. He made
3: film. The Crow. Yeah. He did,
1: didn't he? Yeah, He's yeah. The Crow.
3: Yeah, the crow. that's right.
1: Oh. All right, you
3: get one. <laughs> Your most famous film is a superhero film. What the fuck? Did he? Uh, he's Alex clearly a
4: man was. who wakes up in the morning and while he's eating his cornflakes, just stares into them and there's just it's just a void. And and as he as he, as he eats the crunch, that void is echoed through his teeth. And he's just reminded him of the emptiness of his life. And he gets dressed and he sits down at his computer and goes, Okay, I'm going to fill this void with rage. And he types.
2: <laughs> yeah though. As long yeah. as the
3: typing stops him from making movies, it's all right. No, no, that also fills the void in his complex.
2: Yep. Oh, look, I I kind of almost have another episode on just gods of Egypt. Oh, a belated
3: so, gods of Egypt episode? Yeah, because, yeah. like, fuck,
2: that movie has some interesting concepts. Technically fantasy, was, though. But you're yeah, technically fantasy. Te- That's and, actually why I was thinking it's yeah, not actually relevant And then bringing it back to the kind of topic in question, which we've derailed almost from the word go. <laughs> but why, why? Would it be a movie-made no, episode not if we didn't go to the base? Do we want to just, base? like,
3: double down, impromptu gods of Egypt? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Almost like I, I'm, I was on the tip of my tongue. I'm like, do I just log into this now? Um, no. So why? Yeah. Why? Why is it? Because any sort of fact. Because again, I was hoping Warcraft was going to be good. I was. I right. was. I was had l- like the lowest expectations, which are raised by Duncan Jones, who mm. directs directed two of my favorite films, um, Moon being like absolutely one of my faves. Lovely movie. And I had my you know hopes weren't high, but they were a little, somewhat high, and I was like, here's maybe another fantasy genre because I, lo- I love fantasy. I do. I mean. Mm. Uh, Lord of the Rings, what am my, like, you No, know, again, beautiful series. Hobbit, you're like, the mm. but Lord of the Rings, amazing. Two out of three Empire. <clears throat> Damn right. Then you look at Game of Thrones, the, the, one of the biggest TV series happening at the moment. Again, everyone's kind of like on that dick. I love fantasy as a genre in books. Uh, hell, we do another, like a sister podcast, D&D is for Nerds, which is just wall to wall fantasy. And a lot of people play Dungeons and Dragons. A lot of people play, like, Warcraft is one of the Biggest games out there at the yeah. moment. Is it still I, I, the most is it still?
3: popular, I think.
2: I wouldn't be surprised, but I know at one stage it was the second biggest wiki uh, oh, in okay. comparison <laughs> to just Wikipedia. <laughs> it was like <laughs> so it was, the fastest scroll.
4: Wikipedia? Growing... Yeah. Wikipedia and then. Like, Wow Wiki. Wow Wiki. Yeah. So the world. So would that
2: be like W O W W? It's W O W I K K I from memory. We're Wiki. we Wiki. Yeah. This so is it, the it was like. Wiki. Yeah, it was like one of the fastest growing um, wikis out there. Clearly, people like these genres. Like, look at all video games that we play, or like a a large genre of that is a fantasy. Look at RPG novels
4: and books that sell on massive scales. Your biggest, most dedicated fan base is a fantasy fans because often the series that Mm. comprise fantasy are like twelve hundred books long. Yep. Look at everything that is not directly
3: outside. Okay,
1: I I think. Look, it's – again, this is not an especially original thought. Um, cheeky – inadvertent, but cheeky and distinctly relevant plug for my sort of <coughs> job at, with Den of Geek. Mm-hmm. They wrote a really good article recently, yes. um, which I sent to you, Zamet, um, basically being like, why doesn't fantasy – I don't think it was it – was uh, like Can fantasy films escape Lord of the Rings' shadow? Exactly. And it made a really good argument, which was just like, you know, Lord of the Rings worked because – So much effort had gone into making its world make sense, creating this like sense of a fully realized, lived-in universe, and that's a big risk to do that. That Mm. takes a lot of money, a lot of Mm. effort, a lot of time to create a universe that you can like step into and be like, "I." They filmed them all in one hit. That doesn't happen.
4: They committed like two to three years of their lives to make these films. And they just went to New Zealand like for the entire time and filmed. The only
3: two times that has ever happened mm. is Lord of the Rings, and then again with The Hobbit. Yes, you get back-to-back sequels like Back to the Future. Two and three were made at the same time. You know, Pirates you know, of Caribbean, the Caribbean yeah. two and three made at the same time. Matrixes, Matrix, two, two and three made at the same and time. And it's a huge but that's risk. after that I mean, successful first film.
1: And also, but I I think there's yeah. it's, there's it's sort of something to be said for it, where it's like you know Lord of the Rings. And there's a lot of things. I think it was Viggo Mortensen who was saying that it was only when they went back for reshoots for the Fellowship of the Ring that they really got it together. Because he said it was a fucking mess, and they went back and they did reshoots of Fellowship of the Ring. They got it together. It was really good. And he was like, "If Fellowship of the Ring had flopped, Two Towers and Return of the King would have been straight to DVD." Yeah.
3: I mean, wow. it's sort of incredible like, that Lord of the Rings of was Oscar. as yeah. great as it was. Because um, I mean, picture this: but it's, it's the late '90s. It's been, it, been I about, think absolutely, but it's late '90s. Fifty years after the Lord of the Rings has been published, and it's Lord of the Rings is. Even then, the standout fantasy. That is yeah, the absolutely. thing. And it's given to some Kiwi director called Peter Jackson who's made... Brain Dead. S- yeah, like th- three or four <laughs> films at people. that point. Oh. <laughs> five of them, absolutely. Like, five films, Again. three of them, absolute schlock. Yeah. Two of them, well, I've only seen one of them, Frighteners. Is a lovely movie. But I wouldn't trust the, I wouldn't think, oh yeah. Bound? Let's give this the
1: guy the greatest three.
3: fantasy mm. trilogy in the history of the world.
1: To this guy. And it's going
3: to go here and it's going to film in New Zealand, a country but that, that no one that thinks like about if you're not
1: directly next to it. Proof that like, risk or in it. does pay mm. off if you do it. I mean, like look at I and mean, it what paid was off well. New Line's direct follow up was mm. The Golden Compass. Mm. Yeah. And they were like, oh, we can do this. But then you, that film reeks of a lack of confidence. Let's yep. get rid of the ending. Let's get rid of all the religious themes. Let's new to anything that might possibly offend someone and try, even though we're sort of like trying mm. to make a trilogy here, let's try to make this film as standalone yep. as possible and get rid of all the things that made this trilogy mm. special because it is so obvious that there is like this complete lack of confidence it's, there.
4: It's, it's basically taking in an author who is was one of the most famous atheist authors, yeah. Bar Douglas Adams. Yeah. Yeah. In the world and going, oh it's not really an atheist text. Just put it in the movie. <laughs> like they, but they didn't commit. They didn't go. If no, we're going to do yeah. this, we need to make all three films and we need, to, need do to do them a bang. Party. Whereas for Lord of the Rings, they committed. And yeah. I don't know whether it's a time period thing or just that New Line went. Fuck it. It was we'll one just, of the we'll producers of
3: New Line that allowed it to be three films, Lord of the Rings, because they were going to do it as three, and then they couldn't get funding for three, so they're going to do it as two, and they're going to do it as one film. Yeah. And then one of the producers at New Line said, "It's like three books, isn't there?" It's like, yeah. Make three movies, and then they went. Then, how no many books in the Hobbit? Oh, uh, one.
4: Yeah, make three make movies. Make three <laughs> movies. <laughs> <laughs>
3: they needed at least more than one. I will fight that to the end. Like uh, 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 they so uh, did. I, I'll win that fight. They needed Bring at least it on. two.
2: <laughs> at least two. Yeah, it, and and again, people
3: say it's like a hundred. <laughs> okay, I'll,
2: yeah, zero. All right, yeah. no, no, <laughs> nah, fair. I'll cop that in the chin. But that, I, like, again, the Hobbit. I loved. I loved the the two, the first two. I loved Great there and films. back again. I
1: loved Desolation of Smog. Yeah, I love the first one. I really dislike the second one. Really? Yeah, hmm. and I, we spoke about this in the Hobbit podcast. That was three yeah. hours long, and sure, <laughs> the
4: third one, like the
1: first movie, it's and honestly, also the second
4: movie, of... and also the third
0: movie.
3: It I've is got my a soft favorite spot for the thing. The third one, though, it is my favorite. Even thing though in I world. think it's
1: probably the weakest. It sure is. It is but definitely the weakest. I got to the end of it, and I just remember crying in the cinema <clears> because, <throat> because I was like, "Yeah, I remember that's that. the end of that's the end of Middle Earth." And like Lord of the Rings, kind of is probably the film that made me. Wanna, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. maybe want to be a storyteller. I, and so it was a it was a big deal for me. Even though I was like, no. they weren't great, but you know what? I'm still in the world. I'm still having a good time. That's mm. fine. I think you know the the first Hobbit is probably the only one that I would say is a flawed but good film.
4: Mm. I I disagree. My my problem with with the Hobbit is it people gave the Hobbit films praise because the Lord of the Rings films were good. Yeah. Oh yeah. And there's a lot of people who not necessarily not okay. Hey goose, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, There was like there's a lot of people who were like, from my own opinion, mm. reading <clears throat> reviews of people who had favorably reviewed the Lord of the Rings tr- franchise and often wrote about it and did stories on it and pieces on it. Great. Mm. Favourably reviewed The Hobbit and I was like,
1: we've watched the same movie and you're giving this the same rating. But the Star Wars prequels had oh, the we- same thing. If you go back to yeah. the Star Wars prequels coming out, they all got T- T- good reviews when they first T- came T- out. the
4: Clones got five stars in, in, like- Empire. in,
3: Empire. in Empire. Yes, yes. 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 So yes. did Revenge D-Kids. of the Sith. Fucking, yeah, oh got... my,
2: King Dickhead's Empire, fucking five stars for that shit. No,
1: Empire, we like
2: you ah. a lot. Ignore the man.
1: <laughs> Ignore the
3: man.
2: But I mean,
1: that said, though, <laughs> that's, um, that's an issue with people's response, not an issue yeah. with the actual mm-hmm. films themselves.
3: Yep. But, and I don't like the comparison, I wince every time there's a comparison between Hobbit and the Star Wars prequels, because while the Hobbit films, not great, not mm. what we wanted, Star Wars prequels are on a whole other level of shit.
2: Yeah, I I would happily.
3: to the core.
1: But that said, yes, objectively, the Hobbit films are stronger than the Star Wars prequels. Mm. However, what is eerie about it Mm. is how much Mm. they mirror each other. It's like you've got a really beloved sort of generation-defining original trilogy. You've got a belated prequel trilogy follow-up that is full of muddled plotting, too much CGI, tonal inconsistencies, Mm -hmm. like how. How did this happen twice? I know. How did I this know.
2: happen twice? I was chatting to uh, a friend almost of mine, almost mind. exactly the same way. Yeah, mm. I was chatting to a friend oh. of mine with a hobbit, and what would have been really interesting, and I really wish I kind of done it, is they sort of just—I wish they'd Princess bride it and just had been Bilbo telling a story. No. That would have been so, nice. So every time it sort of comes in and comes out, it's like so telling like a young hobbit, like I don't think that happened. Shut up! <laughs> this yeah. is how it happened. How I say that's, See, that's my great.
4: theory on The Hobbit. The Hobbit, because yeah. sh- he wrote The Hobbit as a kid's book, right? Lord of the Rings was for older readers, but The yeah. Hobbit was mm. a kid's book. And it reads as a kid's book. The film should have been made as, as, a, a kid. as a as a family yeah. movie. It should have been The Princess Bride. And in this comes back
1: it. to what we're saying about, you know, and we address this in the Golden Compass episode, but it comes back to the fact that if you're going to adapt something, it's not necessarily making changes to the text that mm. is an issue. It's mm. making changes to the essence of the material. Yeah, and like the audience Golden behind compass, the material. You take away yeah. the edge. You take away the core of it, the fact that it's about a loss of innocence, the fact that it's about religion, the fact it's about all these things, and you get rid of all of that – in favor of a family friendly film. Of course it's not going to work because what are you adapting? What you've, are you trying to do? You've actually
4: taken the themes and, of the core material Exactly. And you've gone well they're not there. So there's the no hobbit theme is, of the film anymore.
1: generally speaking quite a jolly kids book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they you t- and the thing about it is like half of the hobbit films it's like you can see the bits with like the scene and everything they're yeah. trying to get away with being like oh we're going to be like kooky and funny in a silly kids film and then suddenly it's like you've got all these like really deliberate callbacks to really dark moments in Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. and it's just like wait what? Who is this film for? The The extended edition of The Third Hobbit is M.A. Yeah, It's yeah, that's, violent oh, as fuck.
3: violent film.
4: It, the whole Hobbit trilogy should be uh, PG.
2: Yes, of course it should. Mm. It's so, a kid's book. So when you sort of look at this, because you know, we can kind of look into each one, like a lot of the fantasy stuff, and be like, yeah, what happened to him? It's all very, like almost each one has its own kind of story to tell. But as a whole, though, why doesn't fantasy seem to be captivating a lot of people's... Because and I guess imagination. So I disagree. In I think it's fantasy hard to works get it fine. Right because it's not – I I
1: think as a genre, I think fantasy is fine. Hmm. The problem with fantasy is that it's not like a thriller. It's not like a. I mean, or fantasy that's grounded in the real world. Yeah. like yeah. you know your Harry Potters and whatever's. Sure, like that's one thing. But like with high fantasy, the reason the Lord of the Rings works, the reason Game of Thrones works, is because the source material it is based upon was the life's work. Of the writer in question. It was Tolkien's magnum opus. He spent years mm. writing those books, writing Silmarillion, writing all the backstory, writing the languages, mm. writing the world, all of that. George R. R. Martin, extremely similar. Like, do people, qu- like, look, I'm as frustrated as anyone by the fact it's taken six years for Winds of Winter to come out. But do you know how much it detail? It came out? No, no, I mean, oh. <laughs> I mean, I've been waiting six years and it hasn't come out yet. Give but- it another Six. I was rereading, like, a recap of the end of Dance with Dragons a couple of days ago, and I was like,
3: fuck, there's so much. <laughs> I think we all read the same article. I think
1: we did. <laughs> because I shared it on Facebook. Yeah, and I was Twitter. like, what's this? You read to share and go, get... ooh, yeah, I'll read that. And, but then, like, it, all the stuff's coming back to me. I was like, mm. fucking you know, hell, those books are so intricate. Then you go and you read fan theories. Like, yeah. the whole the whole epic fan theory about um about how the war, the original war with the mad King Mm. happened because Eddard Stark's father had Southron ambitions and was trying to like move South and like, and it's this huge elaborate fan theory. It's really interesting. And you read it and it's rooted in all this evidence from the text. Mm. And it's like, unless that pays off in the final couple of books, and that theory is probably true. That's just a huge amount of like effort and detail. (laughs) George R. Martin went to for just backstory that isn't really important. And the, the, amount of time and mm. effort and dedication it must must take mm. to create something as internally consistent and elaborate and logical as that and make it all somehow come together and all somehow make sense is staggering mm. The mind that can do that and the work ethic that can make that happen has to be like nothing else. And the fact that, you know, in the case of Peter Jackson, in the case of Benioff and Weiss, you have hardcore fans who have come in, adapted it, made something of it and, you know, not slavishly, but like lovingly adhered to Mm. the essence of the source material to bring it to life. Of course they were going to work because they are brilliant stories, well told. If you rush it, if you Mm. don't put in that level of effort, which by the way is a superhuman level of effort to put into anything, of course it's not going to work when you're asking the audience (coughs) to buy into and believe in a world that is not convincing.
2: But then, on the other hand, you've got something like the Warcraft movie, which, again, if you look at the Warcraft lore, it's just steeped in so many years of all this information, mm-hmm. like all these writers, these sort of the head people that are writing it. Um, Chris Metz, I think he's one, he's one of them. And you have the, these people also involved in it having these kind of Bibles to kind of work with, and Duncan Jones clearly being a fan of the series and also kind of having that passion. But then, when he made and executed this, this this film, that no one else in this room has seen but me, it's kind of <laughs> like it, it almost was like he was too much of a fan of the series, and that's and where The Hobbit falls down as well.
1: Yeah, mm. it's a bit too. The Hobbit's a bit too in love with its own mythology. Um, oh, See, so yeah. I think,
2: that, and like I reckon that maybe one of the problems yeah, okay. of Warcraft See, is it's that hard for me to say because I haven't seen it. And I'm also it's just fair Warcraft, enough, man. and uh, I was kind of using this as a sort of example of, of fantasy where it's someone clearly loves the source meal and loves the kind of little nods and this, this, and the other. But it's kind of like you're paying too much attention to the minor details that the larger sweeping details of trying to really build this world and make it concrete, you're missing, you're losing. Absolutely. So they're
3: sort of forgetting that it has to be a movie as well? Yeah, and a a big problem
2: with Warcraft that I found is it had the same kind of problem that BVS had, which was it was trying to sell me <laughs> Spinning bats, lifting a child, no. forever twirling. <laughs> <But> see,
0: <maybe laughs>
2: well. Selling a franchise, selling a franchise. Yeah, well, trying to like pitch me the next okay. movie rather than the movie. Here we I'm go. Currently maybe watching. this
1: sort of ties into what I'm. What I was saying is like, okay, world building is one thing, mm. but also having a story to tell within that world is another thing. Mm. Like yeah. a real solid story. And what I think actually, really at its heart, the case of Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings, it's two circumstances where it's a perfect marriage of. A beautifully elaborate, brilliantly constructed fictional universe you completely believe in. And at the heart of it, like a really good story. Yeah, like you look a at Star really Wars. good rollicking yarn. Star yeah. Wars, the
3: first Star Wars film, is as much a fantasy as it is a sci fi. Yes, and it is just yes. the hero's journey. It's a nice, safe story to get you in the world. It makes perfect sense. You're gripped, you're there. And then it's two and three that hit you with wider uh, aspects well, I mean, the, of the universe. The themes
1: at the heart of. All of these are actually very universal. I mean, because yeah. Game of Thrones is your Shakespearean, Machiavellian betrayal, bloodlust, all of that. It's, it's a political drama I mean, so. that it just it happens exactly to be is. set
4: in a fantasy world. Which, yeah, it's which the works, same with, it's a really like, story. you talk about the, the, the big examples that work are your Lord of the Rings, your Harry Potter, and your Game of Thrones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, your, they're your trifecta. Uh, Game of Thrones works because it's a political drama that happens to be set in a fantasy world. It's a character drama, so you care. It's not The world's awesome, but the world's, like, like the dressing on your salad, mm-hmm. you know it's it's good. It tastes good. It ties the thing together. But it wouldn't be a salad if you didn't have all the other bits in it. That was a. Re- I should have picked a better food than salad. Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> eat, I don't eat salad, so I'm not following you at all. It's like you know the, the mayonnaise, the the you know the marinade, um, <laughs> mayonnaise. Okay, think of a chicken sup.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right, and, and use I'm, this. I'm all really right. hungry. Uh, <laughs> no, so,
4: but it's but it's it's a political drama in a fantasy world. The world comes second. The characters and the political
1: power plays come. first. First, exactly. So, do you mm. see how much effort has to go into yep. creating something that <laughs> so has story is well put mm. together, has a believable world, and you know the kind of universal themes that draw you in? Mm. You do need
3: all of this, but fantasy on its own. You're talking about how lo- how well Lord of the Rings works because it has that base, and how Game of Thrones works because it has that base. Warcraft has that base, but it doesn't work. But maybe the it's, thing about the fantasy, story. it's not just story, it's not just your world, it's not just your background. Fantasy. A lot of people can't really climb onto it because there's not much to grab. It's fantasy. It's unrealistic. There's nothing real. We have to, which relate. is why Lord of the Rings works so well because they took such great strides to make everything feel as real as tangible as possible. They filmed outside in New Zealand in real world conditions. Again, that's what all Holland the props. Didn't work. Are exactly the true. GI. They've all the props were made to look like things from history. The they build, Gondor they was built made a Helms to look Deep. Look like, they built a yeah. Helm's Deep. I was
1: in New Zealand when that was still there. <laughs> oh wow. As a kid before Lord of the Rings came out, and I remember like driving past it and being like, Mom, what's the castle doing there? <laughs> she's like, oh that's from Lord of the Rings. What the hell is Lord of the Rings? Oh, um, it's gonna be your favorite oh, movie in about only a year's only time. Man, I went game. and I went what a few game? years ago
3: and I saw only. and I saw I went to Hobbiton and it's the best place in the yeah. world. But that tangibility, the having the Gondor armor based on Roman armor Rohan, all their stuff is based in Scandinavian. It all feels tangible. It all feels Star real. Star Wars is the same. The first Star Wars, Wars is exactly the same. It's made to feel like a lived-in world. Yeah. All the everything's dusty. Everything's worn. Everything's worn down. It feels a lot more real, so it's easier to connect to. Harry Potter is much the same. When they moved away from the books and all the robes and the top hats and all the really fantastical elements that are in the books, they shifted those away in the films and went with jeans and t-shirts and really leveled into the teen angst. Because that works really well, and then the fantasy stuff is there to sort of support it. It happens again in Game of Thrones and in to The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. both genre fictions. And when they both came out in 2011, the big hook of those shows, where it's like, it's genre shows, it's like all those zombie movies, and it's like Lord of the Rings, except there's more to it. it there's that realism characters, there's people reacting to the world of fantasy and horror realistically. At least that's the initial hook yeah. of the show before Walking Dead went down the shitter. <laughs> went. So- <laughs> Stardust and Princess Bride get by in sheer wit Yucka loves Stardust <sighs> Stardust it is that they great forgot it
4: about that, that they're that. both written like the source materials are written like for the purpose of being like a fun absolutely, absolutely. having a
3: strong base so like fantasy it works fine you just, it's like whiskey a, some people can't take it straight. You have to mix it with something or water it down.
1: But that's how it becomes popular. I mean, you know, for sure. big, thick fantasy mm. tomes that are kind of really hard to read. Uh, fantasy nerds go crazy for that. Yeah. But to your general audience, it's, I completely agree. And I actually think taking a bit what you, you've said a bit further, It's it's got to be characters you believe in. Absolutely. I mean, like, you know, it's not necessarily high fantasy, but like why why does Harry Potter work so well? Because like, can you describe Harry Potter's personality to me? Probably. Doesn't no, really... he doesn't have a personality because he's Cause, me. Exactly. Because it's he's a blank slate on which you project your own personality. Mm. Luke Skywalker's the same. Frodo's kind of the same. Well, like, it's... All those characters are just characters who it's like, mm. we sort of believe yeah, we're there. Twilight then, is the same. Get... Twilight's the same. It's a Cinderella thing. Yeah. It's, you, know, you get whisked away in the adventure you want to be a part of because everybody wants to be told you're the most important person in the world. Damn right I am. And you go off and you... Hey, no, the I am. What?
4: what? Like that. Come here. I'll fight you. I'm of... Harry Potter and so is my wife.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Game of Thrones is a bit different because like, It's not necessarily that you want to live in that world or that there's a character in there you think you are or want to be, but but the characters are believable and they are real people. Mm. They're not, you know, they're not fucking elves and dwarves and things like that. They are just human beings who have believable, real motivations. Yeah, no, yeah, he is. He is. He's (laughs) not like a fantasy dwarf. (laughs) But Sorry, that's I just I can't help it.
2: Good. Yeah, no. Look, you've 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 done it, and you've gone there, and and thank you for that. So that's but... another other question: is because a lot of these high <laughs> fantasy things, they have elves, dwarves, and orcs, and torens and this, that, and the other. Hmm. Can we not have a main character that's an elf? Relatability.
1: I, I think it can be done. I just think it's hard.
2: I, I, because, like, is an elf just too alien to begin with that we can't but follow? The thing, that? Is there if any? Things, we're already in an alien world. Yeah.
3: Plus. And Actually the hobbit films the lead film is a hobbit
1: not yeah. a man but, but they and as not and as not good
3: they were they were very successful the hobbit films i think they cracked yes. a
1: billion each but mm. but the hobbits Look at all the fantasy races in there. You've yes. got the dwarves who are like you know very kind of hardcore and rough and tough and everything. You've got the elves who are like very ethereal and sort of like exist on some kind of Indeed. different plane to everyone else. You've got the hobbits who are the most relatable. They're more relatable than the men. They're basically in people Lord of the Rings. They they're are. the closest race. They like to drinking human and smoking and hanging out and, and gossiping doing nothing else. And doing nothing. <laughs> God, that's, what else
3: would you want to do?
1: Nothing. They're immediately endearing because that's kind of we all know people like that. We a lot of us are people like that. Like. And and that's and that's where the They're appeal. They're more human than humans.
4: Mm. Yeah, and that's and that's the appeal. So Game of Thrones works because it's something mixed with something else. Lord of the Rings works because it's actually just a story about a guy who has no idea what he's doing, who has all of these people who are way better qualified than he is being oh, like fuck, it's an underdog it's story. An underdog exactly. story. It's an underdog has story. It's an underdog story. Harry Potter else... works because it is how many kids sat yeah. at home and were like, Man, I just wish that I could go to a magic school. Like that's mm. that's why Harry Potter works, is it's because that it's the whiskey metaphor, Hero's journey. It's yeah, the- good fantasy works when you take something that is relatable and people understand and can kind of connect with. And you said one of the other big flaws of Warcraft, mm. and I don't know if this is because <laughs> its source material is a, is a is a is a free roaming kind of RPG that everyone tells their own story in already, but also the fact that you couldn't name me the protagonist of Warcraft.
2: No, it, it's weird. It kind of it should be. Like there's as Duriton, Garona, and Aduin Lothar, and and possibly King Lane, and see, I'm a fantasy fan, but as soon as you say all those names, I'm like,
3: fuck. <laughs> and see, the other thing is like, <laughs> I did the same thing. In
4: my brain went, But then you look at Lord of the Rings,
1: and it's like, I mean, the Shire. Sure, the Shire is part of a different world, but straight away, it's like, it's just a, it's just a farming community. And here's a bloke named Sam. We all know these sorts of towns. And then Frodo gets pulled away and, like, dragged into his adventure. We, we get it. Like, we get Frodo. We get mm. where he's from. We get his town everything like that. Isn't, like, Warcraft starting where, like, this war's been going on for ages? No. How it should we... have. Yeah, okay. Like,
2: I, it should have. It should have. You know, the, the opening scene of Lord of the Rings, where it's just, like, the, the narration of, there was a war yep. and this bullshit happened. And it should and have been And here
4: that. is the hobbit.
2: Yes. It should have been that. It should have just been, like, once... There was, like, uh, uh, an evil orc. He opened up a portal. All this bullshit happened. And now it's several years later, and this is the bullshit. And we tell a story while this is happening. And they should have done that initially because it starts off, and the opening sequence, the opening scene of Warcraft is set in the future. And they they never come back to it, but it's set in the future. And it's, like, an orc and a human in this weird, like, desert area, and they're just, like, having a duel. They're just like a human picks up his shield, smacks it, he's like, Fucking, bring it. And the orc just charges and then it just cuts to like past. And they're basically being like, it wasn't always like this before, you know, we were leaving a dying world that goes into that. But never goes back to the first bit where things had already been established for a while. We know things if you played the games. You were like, Yeah, that's that's where I like I know it from because that's where I am in the current like that timeline or whatever. But this is takes place, you know, 50 years or so before, say, the World of Warcraft happens. and it's What a
4: mess! So it's actually in the prequel of Warcraft.
2: But it's, it's it's the prequel to the World of Warcraft. I mean, which have is the Warcraft subtitle at the beginning. The beginning you know, yeah. Which is the first game because the games were Warcraft, right? So you've got the RTS and it's based off the very first RTS. Because And then there's Warcraft 2, which is another one where they come in and the orcs kind of win and then there's Warcraft 3, which is a big spiraling epic, which is really cool. Hmm. And if, if I was to do this again, like if I was being like, you're in charge of doing the Warcraft movie, I'd be like, cool, let's start this in between Warcrafts 2 and 3, and then we have like a nice lot of, lot of bullshit set up to do initially, but as soon as we do it, we can tell some nice, interesting stories.
3: I'm going to have to see this film so we can get the movie maintenance on it, because it sounds like a mess. <laughs>
2: Speaking, it's got some real good
3: ones. Going back in time a little bit to mm. when you were talking about uh, Frodo being a bit clueless in his world, and mm. just yeah. getting thrust into it. Has anybody else seen Big Trouble in Little China? Yes. Great example of fantasy. Wow. Come on, Tom. Be with <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on board.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month.
3: Character of Big Trouble in Little China is Kurt Russell's Jack Burton. He's this trucker, and he's truck gets stolen by a gang of uh, I don't want to call them ninjas, but ninjas, ninja-esque. Get I, 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 this gets stolen by this sort I, of triad, I call them like like a by ninja this mystical triad. triad, and he just gets mixed up in this whole great fantasy world of kung fu fighters and magic. And there's this guy called Lo Pan he does spells like this. It's just the sickest.
4: Imagine like the second half of like season two of Daredevil. He gets caught
1: up in that. Yeah, and, and he's just so like the, so the shit part of season two of Daredevil. Yeah, but find it's me good. Uh, sorry, the <laughs> <in> the <laughs> uh, sorry, the Punisher's monologue in the graveyard. <laughs> oh, that was peak Daredevil. Was oh, that good. was so good, and that was in the first half. <laughs> but <before laughs> Daredevil, before the dumb ninja shit happened. Except <laughs> so this great draw a it's pencil. Great...
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting
3: the pencil away from Gabe. I'm okay Next now. I've got the pencil. So listen, fuckers. <laughs> Big Trouble the Little China. M- the main character of Big Trouble Little China is the sidekick. He's got no clue what's going on in this world. He's fucking useless. The real hero is his sidekick, who is an absolute machine of a man, kung fu fighting through everybody. And he's just sort of locking his way through it. In the big final battle, he goes to shoot his gun in the air and tries in and you know get in. Mm-hmm. He shoots the roof above him, some rocks fall and knocks him out. Oh. He's just a useless man, and it's probably one of the best out there fantasy films there is. Hmm. Big Trouble and Little China oh. cannot recommend it enough. Well, check it out. But
4: it's that, that stands to reason. Frodo, Sam, who are kind of the heart of the film and are mm. doing this quest, they don't do any fighting. Mm. No, no, Anytime no. Frodo
1: tries to fight, he
3: fucks up. Frodo dies twice every movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, he does. Gets too, stabbed
3: he? twice in Fellowship. Hang in on, when did he get stabbed towers? the second time?
1: In the um, Fighting in the Cave Troll. Yep. Ah, oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. He nearly drowns
3: in Two Towers, and I think maybe he nearly gets killed by a Ringwraith or by the men later on in the film. Something, no, he nearly gets eaten by one of the dragons in Osgiliath. Yeah, at the end yeah, of yeah, yeah he stands towers. there as the dragon's yes, coming yeah, towards it him. In Return of the King, Shelob yep. and Gollum. Yep. Dies twice, every movie without fail. <laughs>
4: Holy Useless shit! Man. And then the third time when he gets on the first everlasting peace to... To Peace Town, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you yeah, know. Photos Frodo, Frodo's Photos Frodo's totally, because <clears throat> the hero like, of Lord of yeah. the Rings is is Aragorn. Yes, it is. He's, he becomes. But Frodo's him. the character we relate to.
4: Correct. Because like the, the what you what couldn't is appealing... start that film with Aragorn. You you can't start Aragorn's journey until film two, where you're already involved and invested in the world, which you do so via Frodo.
1: And the reason you do so, and like Frodo, we. Relates Frodo and we connect to him because he's not very good at what he does. He's totally—he's pretty inept, but what is appealing about him is the fact that he's always trying to do the right thing. He's still mm. always – and that that's actually really simplistic but immediately relatable mm. and yeah. immediately kind of like I'm – Because, again, boy, trying to do the right he, thing. He also doesn't yeah. want to be in Hobbiton. He's bored. Mm. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. He's like, he's like I want to get out.
4: You had some great adventures. I want to have adventures too. And everyone's like, don't do it. It'll be a bad idea. Mm. And he gets out there and the entire time he's out there, the only thing he wants to do – Is go back home Mm.
2: here.
0: Yeah.
3: has there really never been a fantasy film that doesn't have a lead protagonist that isn't a human?
2: The Hobbit, The Hobbit, yeah, but and Lord of the Rings, we did that. uh, Well, let's see. Okay, going through. uh, I was on on box office Mojo. Right. X Men could count, but
1: more
3: more it's like not high a, fantasy.
2: Like, it's yeah, not, I would put X Men into sci fi.
3: It is no absolutely sci fi, but it does sci fi suffers from a lot of the same problems that fantasy Correct. does. It is a bit out there. But and I, that, I, film I, started, uh, that film started that film French. I started in the Holocaust. Sci fi
1: also has a tendency
2: to be more true. rooted in worlds we recognize. And, and if you look yeah. at mutants, you're not following. We're not following Nightcrawler. That's true. And yeah, we're not really following, following human looking one Mystique. We don't even follow Cyclops. We follow
3: yeah. the best looking one. That's how that played out. We should out. have
2: followed Cyclops.
3: But he's not Shh. as pretty as Hugh Jackman. Bullshit. I don't want to follow him.
2: Bullshit. Can't see his eyes, man. Don't trust him. <laughs> mm, fair enough. It's like uh, uh, Pauline Hanson of X-Men <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, wow. But if we look at box office mojo, like you look at the fantasy the live action, the majority are Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and the Hobbits just take up all of them. Hmm. Uh, in fourth spot is Alice in Wonderland, weirdly. That's,
3: that's an anomaly. That's, that's fantasy, an, uh, we only yeah. get,
2: We get after the top ten, we then get to the Chronicles of Narnia. And then we're back to some Harry Potter's. I or forgot they were, made those
4: movies. Well, see, but there's another <laughs> yeah. one where you've got a guy like C.S. Lewis who dedicated his whole life to writing those books. Yeah, really deep, a lot of world building, a lot of themes. And they, of, they wanted to Jesus. build <laughs> a lot of Jesus, a lot of Jesus in those books. They wanted to build a franchise as quickly as possible, mm. and like we need to compete with Harry Potter. We need to compete with Harry Potter. They made three films. The first one's pretty good, actually.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's it's not bad. I, the I like, second one's like a train wreck. Me. The like last one me.
4: is I don't even know. It's
1: I've never I've it. seen. I've seen the third. I've seen Dawn Treader, and I've seen *The Lion, Witch in the Wardrobe* because um, my ex-girlfriend was a huge Narnia fan and was like, I'm going to go see Dawn Treader and I was like, I, I could never get through Narnia as a kid I never got into it, yeah. but I didn't mind *Lion Witch the Wardrobe, and I didn't see Caspian I went and saw Dawn Treader, and it's good, like it's fine You guys are a few years older than me, so maybe it didn't happen for you but it, oh, it was an old movie, so it probably did
3: in primary school, they always used to show us the same uh, version of *Lion Witch the, the Wardrobe really, uh, with the really Oh, the which Lucy, and which Lucy
4: looks like a beaver yeah, that's she could exactly just be Amy right. Beaver's adopted half daughter.
3: I have not thought about that film in
2: years. Hmm. It's terrible. Oh. Was that like a, like a TV series?
3: I think it was like a TV movie. I yeah, it was don't like like think several BBC, uh, yeah. like yeah, I that TV
2: specials. I don't think
3: they put so that out. They in were films. pretty grim. I no, think I the think Lion the in the
4: Witch the Wardrobe movie is made better by the fact that Liam Neeson is a fucking lion. Jesus, Cuthbert Swinton plays the White Witch.
3: He and J.R. Tolkien. You guys all know this, but Ian Tolkien. Real close mates. used to go to the pub together.
1: Mine which the wardrobe like really... Because I went and I read the book after I saw the movie because I quite enjoyed the movie. And like it Mm. does stick pretty closely to the core of the source material. And like it doesn't... Funnily enough, when you're making a Christian fantasy as opposed to making an atheist fantasy, like in the case of uh, Golden 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 Compass, um, it doesn't shy away from the themes at all. Of course not. It's a good because it's sticking to the essence of the source material at all times. Mm. But, you know, like... They, the they, Wardrobe. They, don't, they don't
4: commit to the rest of the franchise. They just try to go, quick, let's mm. get another movie and it just yeah, and doesn't... Yeah, and they also,
1: like, you know, it because chronologically, what, it's like Magician's Nephew, yeah. Lion, in the Wardrobe. I know they weren't written in that order, and then, like, and they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to make all seven of them, but then they skip like, the first and the third, and then... Straight I think...
4: to Prince Caspian, and then they just skip to the end. Yeah. Because hmm. they, they, they um... fused Do- Voyage of the Dawn Treader with the last... Oh, the last, okay. Um...
3: Okay. Silver Chairs? Silver,
1: Silver. the magician. I heard the, the Silver Chair year? was magician. Never was the, the, one? the, next one one the first one,
3: right? Yeah, yeah.
4: What's the Silver something? Silver Chair, Silver, Silver Chair, Silver is, like is, yeah? no, is the last one. Yeah, no, so last battle was <laughs> the last
1: one. I haven't them, thought yeah. about them in years. I, all right, all right. <laughs> I, I, know, I know the books, but I haven't read them. Yeah. Wow, like, I've read my brain. Oh yeah, it's
4: Lion and the Wardrobe. It's Thingo, Lion Witch and the Wardrobe, Silver Chair, Caspian,
1: Treader, Last Battle. Doesn't Silver Chair come after Dawn Treader?
3: Maybe. I do not know. If you know, all I remember. Get is- us. Send us an email. Tweet send us. Send us let radio. us know. At uh, <laughs> and
4: put the subject line correction. Handsome Tom, you are wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but
2: make sure you say handsome, because yes. otherwise he'll get upset and we'll get confused of which Tom you mean. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, when you look at the, there's there's these really good like examples of this franchise work, this particular thing worked, or this one was okay, this one was all right. But then for everyone that works, there seems to be about like a dozen that don't. Like, you think about just in this year alone, just sort of the fantasies that have, uh, in, in just TV. There was, I think, I want to say the Shannara Chronicles or something like that? The yeah. MTV fantasy bullshit? Yeah. Apparently, that's doing oh, quite well, though. With that this had somebody in it.
3: Who did that have? John Reese Davies. That's it. No. As an elf. That's
2: it's the dumbest. Right. Why is he
3: an elf? <laughs> Why <laughs> is he doing that sort of
2: thing? I think, I want to say he dies in the pilot. I don't know. The pilot, I watched the pilot and I was like, oh, boy, not for me. And I'll, I'm, a, I'm a boy who loves mm. fantasy. Speaking and, of
1: which, uh, let's see the Wheel of Time pilot oh wheel of ooh, time ooh, 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 ooh. what a time that was Oof. um uh, I... billy zane was
2: in it so i was happy
1: <laughs> sean carney was happy
2: yeah um is anyone but... else here a fan of pratchett terry pratchett yep. not
3: really have you seen yep. his adaptations like going the, the tv just, series on... Seen the hogfather hogfather and going postal going postal is pretty good hogfather was not yeah they what they also have a Discworld tv all. show there's yeah, a they TV series that. on because, like, the BBC. Sean Astin is, is in one as well. Series. It a cartoon series. Christopher yeah. Lee used to do the voice of Death in it, yeah. which is really nice. And there's also another adaptation which had Sean Astin in it. Huh. They've had the weirdest careers post Lord of the Rings. They're doing. They really um, have, a, is, they? is it HBO? They're well, doing the watch. Well, Christopher Lee's
4: career is finished. Mm, yes, sadly. May he rest in peace. The oh. king of death metal and being a wizard and Dracula and oh God, and, the, and literally Lord James two, Bond. And, oh,
3: There's this great uh, sketch that Ian Fleming did as a a young man. Ian Fleming did a sketch of what he thought James Bond would look like. And it is almost identical to young Christopher (laughs) Lee, (laughs) who he was
1: mates with. They served together during the war. You know, he witnessed the last guillotine in France. Yeah. And he met Rasputin's assassin. He's
3: got that great story up on the set of Return of the King. and Peter Jackson's telling him Make how this noise when you get stabbed in, in the back. back. He's like, like, I've stabbed men in the back. Like, I, I know what, what men stabbed in the back
2: sounds like. <laughs> I'd have been like, you know what? Just You act
4: <laughs> yeah. how you want to act. Bet, and it would have been delivered with this. Leak? I know what men being stabbed in the back sounds like. Okay, <laughs> fuck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what I, an absolute champion. Yeah. Played Count Dooku. Yep. Oof.
3: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what a great got- like, career mm-hmm. resurgence he had at the <laughs> end of the just 2000s. Life, Saruman, Count Dooku, just fucking kill it. bunch of Tim in, Burton In films.
2: fucking yeah. Golden yeah. Compass oh, well. for a bit. F- yeah, I, I some guess. reason
3: played Charlie
4: uh, Willy Wonka's dad. Yes, yeah, did. yeah, he
1: did. Really? It was like he turned up in Dark Shadows briefly, and he was the voice of the Jabberwocky in Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, God, what a voice!
2: So yeah, yeah, you have like again these for everything that kind of is successful. You have these weird ones that just feel cheap as shit and they just don't work or they don't kind of keep I think it comes down to building your world same with The Magicians apparently that got like it's got like one season and it was just terrible. They tr- pretty much crammed every single book as in like the whole book series, like episode one was like one book, episode two was two. Well, it's, I I really do
1: think it's just an impossible balancing act because on the one hand you have to have a world that feels believable even mm. though it's not a real yeah. world because, you know, it's it's already tough to, you know, invest in a world that isn't one we recognise, point A. And point B, you need to have characters who you can believe in mm. and invest in. You need to be able – the thing about fantasy and think thing about escapism that I think people – who try to write it and don't do it very well, don't understand, particularly when it's high fantasy, yeah. is that escapism really means escaping and falling away into another world. And the reason we love Harry Potter is because it is more or less a pretty, very, well, it's a very well-realised world, and so is Star Wars, mm. and we feel like we're getting swept away, and it's easy to imagine all of this is happening and get caught up in it all because it's so well put together that mm. we believe it. You just you don't know? feel I, lost. And you believe it in Lord of the Rings, and you because Lord of the Rings, again, it's like, that's why like the CGI... Hobbit films and Star Wars prequels don't work so well is because Lord of the Rings feels lived in. Star Wars feels lived in. Right. And we go there and we're like, yeah, I get this world. I understand yeah. it. I believe in it. It is selling me on this world existing, even if it's completely ridiculous. And you, on top of that, yeah. you have characters
2: you can relate to. And Do you, the, you ever think we'll ever, we'll ever get to this point? Same with, like, also superhero genre as a genre as well. But, like, with fantasy, just to do... A fantasy, like a, a, a film, a different kind of sh- like genre of film, almost like say, for example, like a heist film or a romance, romance film or rom com or whatever like that, but set in a fantasy world or you've set got, in a You've already rom coms in like things like uh, Ever After and uh, mm.
4: what's that one with Anne Hathaway and she has to do what people tell her to do. Ah, uh, oh my god, um, <sighs> Ella Enchanted.
3: They're kind oh right. wow, they're different movies. Uh,
4: okay. Princess. Uh, princess Bride is kind of like a bit of a romantic adventure. Mm, yeah. It's a heist film. They're rescuing a princess. Yeah. That's mm. true.
2: Rogue One, uh, sci-fi, so. Yeah. H- looking forward to that one. But cool, I'm just curious, good. like, are we ever going to get past this point where, like, the giant selling point of a particular genre isn't so much like, say, superhero. The reason why Marvel films, I think, are working is that they're taking the, the, the different genres and just applying, like, a code of superhero film over it. You know what I mean? Oh, sci-fi yeah. films,
3: if, if, yeah. In name
1: only, maybe, in some cases. Yeah in some cases in some yeah.
2: cases
3: hey, amen <laughs> yeah. it, it
2: tried to be a high school no it's not no, I think like sure.
3: everyone says, like yeah, Winter Soldiers is this really like nineteen seventies political no, thriller. Not, not I'm good. assuming the people who say that have never seen a political thriller. Same with Jessica Jones. It's like a noir. No. not not even close. Not Actually, even. No, somewhat close. Not a noir. <laughs> not even a neo noir.
2: <laughs> but yes. I, I, I would love to see There's something. It's making me
3: angry. It's
1: a pen, man. <laughs> a pen.
3: I'm not. I'm not going to get
1: angry. Don't worry. Throw oh. that aside to me. I didn't. Didn't really want to want to show can unless I, I'm talking about Jessica Jones. Can
4: I say though on the on the note of you got a bit of realistic world, just to play the, the the financial side of it, even just from a creating side, you could have a great director. All this kind of belief in the series, you've built the world. The studio, the producers, and the people backing that film have to have absolute faith in what's going on. Absolutely, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, and Game of Thrones. The creators of both the, the, the books themselves, the source material, um, and the actual worlds themselves have full. Full support of the people who are who are who are
3: behind the Doesn't the wings? Chris Tolkien Absolutely. hate hate the adaptations? And he Probably. represents Tolkien's estate? Oh yeah, no, days? so when I when yeah, I said but that but what I mean, isn't he just, a real
1: wet blanket of a man? You've, you've made a living off stuff your father came up with. Get a job, Christopher <laughs> Tolkien. <laughs>
4: Do you know what? That's, there's, a, there's a film in that. Chris yeah. Tolkien has to get a, get a job after cashing in on being like a douchebag son, and while trying to get a job, accidentally falls into like a fantasy world where he must be a hero and save the day. Ooh. <laughs> next <laughs> called, time on movie maintenance, <laughs> get yeah, a job, right? Christopher Tolkien. <laughs> but like, what, what I mean is not necessarily that the creators back it, but that like, so Peter Jackson had the full support of producers behind. backing. Yeah, is is right. what you mean. Um, yeah, the guys, the guys are. Uh,
3: from off Thank you. Um have the
4: full had the full supporting of HBO. The mm. full like HBO are like, yep, you're it. That's the other money. Like, like
1: mm. not not only do you need to have like a believable base, not only do you need to put a lot of work into it. Somebody needs to be willing to bankroll this hmm. and willing it's, to let you do it the it's right full way. Full commitment from everybody That's because like you're the building many, a world. Exactly.
3: Many reasons exactly. why the Aragon adaptation didn't work because it was very low budget and it was plain to see. Yeah, and it looked very cheap, and they had to make some John really is in that. poor, yes, th- yeah, yeah. yeah John Muggs really Muggs is in poor story decisions that don't make any sense because of also. Budget. It doesn't
1: help that like you know Aragon as a story as a well as a story as a see, book as it got away with a lot. Because it's a book and you're reading it, and you imagine your own versions. Yeah, yeah. And as a like, film, hey, Star Wars. the fact that it's the plot of Star Wars set in the world of Lord of the Rings becomes abundantly clear yeah. with the amount of iconography that is clearly ripped off from the two franchises <laughs> well, he is look, riffing on. Look, but Star it Wars, work?
2: Star Wars has Luke Skywalker looking up at the sky and seeing two suns. Aragon or well, Aragon has only one son. Yeah. It's, not the, same, you know On the it's same, not the same, Gabe. It's not the same at all. Yeah. In Aragon,
1: in, in Lord of the Rings, yeah. you have Saruman shot from behind. Uh, addressing an army of Urukai, yeah. and, and in, in in Aragon, it's Dirza, and he's shot from behind, and he's addressing Ur-huls. a much smaller army oh. of Urgles, which are not at all the same because budget, they're... and they're not orcs, and they don't have horns like they did in the book. It was because just because they made for $8, have $8 <laughs> as opposed to eight, 80 million. Oh, damn it. Damn it, so, I, I so shut just, up. Yeah.
4: I just want to say, I'm still holding the pencil. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine.
1: The point is Ericov was a piece of shit. It was. Mm. And I still read all of those books. Here's
4: here's the the point though. Is it that Mm. good like the stronger fantasy stuff and fantasy stuff in general has to come from source material? Like you look at this is a bad example because the movies. mm,
3: It's true. But it was heavily rooted in like World War 2 and samurai movies it does have a sort of sorts. It was like based on I think I think I, I think Star Wars, Wars so. is a yes. is an exception. I mean all fairness is pretty much based yeah, on Beowulf. Yeah.
4: But what yes. what, I, what I what I mean is like uh so you look at you look at sci-fi because we're talking about the similarities between mm. the two. Sci-fi you can get away with. The example is bad because it's not a great movie but like Jupiter um Ascending. Ascending is a completely original sci-fi film. Um, moon moon yeah. Pacific Rim <laughs> Pacific Rim oh, yeah. uh even source code, like you can get away with <clears throat> with probably more original stuff. Whereas fantasy, I feel like, well, they're all rooted to a degree in
1: a world in the real world. Correct. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Whereas
4: I think with with fantasy, particularly high fantasy, it's got to come from a source material. I, it just just in order to, in order to be successful in a film, well, I don't necessarily I don't believe that because I don't think that's necessarily the truth of it I'm mm. not like saying oh you can't make it I'm just saying that the way the trend goes it's got to be coming from somewhere but Otherwise... that's
1: because in the case of that it's coming from source material you've already got an author who has already put in all the work yeah. to make that world so work you already make have that world the, make like, sense I was thinking, like, in a film um, you don't get that same thing
2: because you know it's a very different business it's not like well, you're yeah. an author and you can sit for years but creating like, your world uh, Guillermo mm. del Toro I know for every movie he makes especially the, like the fantasy ones he makes like Pan's Labyrinth or all that kind of stuff he makes a book Ooh, like Labyrinth. he kind of creates his own sort of like bio for the For the show. I mean, for the film. And I remember, Man, I think it pretty pretty might fine. have been Pan's Labyrinth, but he, he left his book in a taxi. And I forget, I forget if it was Pan's Labyrinth or something else, but he left his book in a taxi and the taxi driver found it and was like, oh, shit, I'll return this to him. Because if he hadn't got that book, he just wouldn't have made the film because oh, he put so much effort that would have been a shame. into these kind of things of making these worlds. And I love his... His movies, because those worlds all seem so real and lived in, and absolutely so exactly, much it's a perfect example of what I was talking about. Oh, I just say? fuck! I want to live in that universe for a bit. I'm actually that—that's that, that, my However, problem with
4: Peter Jackson is that I'm like big, Peter Jackson, you're really great. You gave us the Hobbit, but like fuck true. you, you should have let Gromo Del Toro do the Hobbit. He Get wanted
3: fucked. to. Yes. Del Toro left because he had to do other shit, and they mm. made Peter Jackson do it. But a big old actress next to Del Toro's name—the love triangle stuff that we all hate, right? Yes, mm-hmm. correct. That comes from Del Toro. He wrote that. Some, Wait, we just love
1: Triangle stuff. Hobbits. Uh, Killy and uh, e. Toriel. And Legolas. And Legolas. Yep. I didn't mind Killy. I and
3: didn't mind it in the first and the second film. In the third film, it was very Oof. not
1: good. I, I just don't know why Legolas was in the series.
3: I like it that he was there. I don't no, 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 no.
4: Think... He was in the series. People were like, hey, you know that guy that people thought was really fully sick in fucking Lord of the Rings? He, he was fully fucking
3: fully sick, sick mate. in in this fucking movie, eh? Fucking
1: done. And then there was a the bit where he ran. He should have just been a cameo. Bricks. He Why been was his a face cameo. CGI'd? Although right, Bloom doesn't his... look that much older than he did ten years ago. Like not that much. Yeah, well, you know that you do know that like CGIing his face, which is clearly bigger than it used to be, does not. Why are you telling me? I didn't fact? do it. You're the one who's defending the Hobbit films, Ed. That's true. <laughs> Again, I am. I'm still I am holding also... pencil <laughs> <laughs> I, I am
0: angry, sad
3: to see that, that um, fear doesn't work. Ron Perlman was would have been in the Hobbit films. If, I wonder who has. No, he's going to be a Beyond. Oh, of course he was. Of course he was. Of course he was.
2: So I, I don't know. You look at now. Like I think there's a D and D movie coming out. And if anyone's seen the previous D and D movies, I have. Ooh, aren't they just hot trash? Oh, and I there's am a beholder in it. Yeah, there is. And I don't know it just it just seems that there's a lot of like the like, again you the. The authors that put a lot of time and effort into their sort of world and then someone looks at that and be like, that's a sick world. I want to try and make something so they can kind of have that reference to begin with. But then you have something like Dungeons & Dragons where there is nothing but years of content and information and stories, and they still haven't done a decent film of that.
4: Well, I think it's the same as with, with World of Warcraft potentially is that the whole, the whole premise of Dungeons & Dragons is that you're telling your own story. Like the person playing Yeah, hmm. it's there there are still there are still like there's still like uh years and eras and like w- versions of events where it's like, okay, in this version of Dungeons and Dragons, X, Y, and Z is happening. And same with Warcraft. In the in this version of Warcraft, these are the events. But largely I think the flaw maybe with Warcraft and potentially with Dungeons and Dragons film is not that our fantasy is that they are placed on
1: games in which the protagonist is the person. And that, see, that's 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 fundamentally why video games don't work, because it's a medium where but, these stories are designed but, for you yeah, to live Warcraft's
2: these. story, based Here's on where, the RTS, where you're not playing a main character. You know, I you're know, but you're still telling choices, your own story. You? Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. See, so that's where I think the, High Fantasy Future ends. could really excel with VR. Say in a good thirty to fifty years, when VR films are a lot more prominent, a lot okay. more funding, virtual reality. Cool. Yep. Just <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sorry,
2: Time's on board.
3: <laughs> that sort of choose your own adventure movie, a high fantasy film, could work quite well. Potentially.
4: be so expensive.
3: It would course. be astronomically expensive, but it could potentially work if someone was to bankroll it. Like yeah. We see with yeah, exactly. Coming back to
1: that, if somebody
2: was to actually commit to doing so, this. I guess, is, is the problem that we don't get, uh, like, in fantasy doesn't work, but like fantasy can work, fantasy does work. Yeah. Is the problem being that a lot of fantasy doesn't work is because to do so, you need to A, Bankroll, like you need a very big budget to do ne- it. You right. need a big and committed budget, and committed, and also then, um yeah, and see to be sort of like committed to the source material, or at yes. least committed to the particular vision. Or I think so. I just think is. it's one of those things where
1: it's like you know, making making film and making good <laughs> stories is hard. And is that
3: what we've landed at after all this? Just make a good movie?
1: No, 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 no. That. Is like, that what we've gotten the, to? The point is that like it just it. Why did that take us so
3: long? Studios <laughs> are the
1: pencil back. Yes. <laughs> studios are cynical and studios, you know, make films that think are going to make money. And a lot of the time they rush out films without necessarily giving them the time, process <laughs> they deserve. <laughs> and it's one of those things where it's just like it, you know, I, I, really do believe it's, it's, it's a genre that is extremely hard to get right for all the reasons we've discussed. Mm. And if you're not willing to commit to it completely, then you're not going to get it right. Mm. Pirates Ever. of the
3: Caribbean. Fantasy? Yes. yes. No? Yeah. 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 And mixed with swashbuckling adventure. Fantasy yeah.
1: with a boring blank slate main character who you can relate to. Indeed. First one yeah. works. Yeah, first yep. one's great. Second I, one.
3: I like two and three a
1: lot. How <laughs> do you like three? I like three. <laughs> a woman <laughs> turns into crabs. Yeah, she she turns into a giant. Gabe that was she real becomes weird. crabs. And there was a boat full of Johnny Depp's and... And, and then, then there was like a big war between pirates and other and other ships at the end that was actually just fought between two ships going around but a whirlpool so in the cool. middle. It like, no, it wasn't. Oh. It was dumb. It was dumb yeah. as a box of rocks. It's yeah. a shit franchise. It's, <laughs> one it's one dumb, of, dumb uh, as a
4: box of... Hey, hey, you take that back because number four has Ian McShane in it. Oh,
1: fuck number four. Number that, four. That no. A, no, number four. Come on, dude. Like, oh, they both
4: just started pointing at <laughs> me at the same time. <laughs>
2: The biggest, the
1: w- biggest crime <laughs> of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise is the fact that you make a third film as bad as At World's End and then you say to the audience, to the money-paying audience, you say, hey, fuck you guys. We're going to make a fourth one that's even worse. Have <laughs> fun with that. that. A you million. make a nice this one.
3: Now it's getting a fifth one. Yeah.
1: Oh, Swimmed in
4: Australia, amazing. Barnaby Joyce sent the dogs back home. Yes, he did.
3: <laughs> yes, he yeah. did. That whole situation was just appalling. Because on the one hand, Barnaby John, Joyce has not had Barnaby job, Joyce was, was right to send the dogs back. But on the other hand, Barnaby Joyce is a cunt.
2: Yeah, like it could have been handled so much better. Yeah. you dickhead. Anyway, is another problem you're sort of staying here is again. Barnaby uh, Joyce, yeah. Barnaby yeah. Joyce, what a dickhead. No, um. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one, good, and the next next two, I think as Ed Goose said at the, at the top of the episode, where we have this idea of, like, Lord of the Rings was like, nah, we're doing all three, let's go shoot them, good. But every other other franchise I think we're having is basically like, we'll film the first one, hey, it worked real well, let's do the next two, it's terrible. Is that another kind of problem? Is, it that, is that, again, people kind of, like, don't want to take the risk in the first one, or they take a little bit of the risk in the first one, realize the success, and then they just Pump a lot of money, time, and energy into like, no, 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 get two out quickly. See? And then.
3: See, maybe that's true of The Matrix. I wouldn't say it's true of Parts of the Caribbean. It's not. I I I think Parts of the Caribbean,
4: Caribbean, the first one, is a bigger risk than the next two. Absolutely. Because you're taking a movie based on a ride at Disneyland. And the problem with two and three isn't necessarily the the script necessarily, the fact that it's fantasy, the Mm. budget, the time made to make it. It's the fact that. Uh, Jack Sparrow becomes a main character. Yeah. Absolutely, and he shouldn't be. And actually, we've he seen what happened. He absolutely shouldn't be. He's he's an antagonist. Yeah, who you sometimes have to work with. He's Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, he actually Hannibal Lecter shouldn't be the main character in a Hannibal Lecter film. Which is why
1: mm. the yeah the film which is why the first film that. works. That's a good point. Yeah, that's I'm, I'm, so true. He actually, I'm really proud of that. Oh, awesome. brilliant, man! There
3: there actually, not just <laughs> a pretty face.
1: I know. <laughs> he actually <laughs> Jack Sparrow's mind. role in the first parts of Caribbean is actually is actually exactly the same as Hannibal Lecter Science of the Lambs. Yeah, you're not sure whose side he's actually on at any point in the film. And it's like the main character has to work with him to get the <clears throat> worst guy. That's why the second one is still better than the, the
4: third because they're still working on that principle yeah, and that Jack yeah. Sparrow is looking out for himself
1: hmm.
4: and Will is forced to go to him. Yeah. By the third one, it's Jack, Jack Sparrow is the main character and we
1: need and to rescue him. there's a boat him. full of him and we spend 20 minutes with just like a whole bunch of Johnny Depp's mugging off each other. Oh. <clears throat> it's a nightmare. <clears throat> it's a fucking nightmare.
4: Do you know he only plays two people? Edwards mm-hmm. is a Hansel, Jack Sparrow, or yep. a combination of the two.
1: Yep, yep. I like that you brought up uh, the risk of the first
3: Pirates of the Caribbean. It's a huge risk because we've got like we've seen the word side of things. Like if mm. that yeah, didn't yeah. work with the Lone Ranger, made by the same team, directed by the same director, a lot of the same actors crossing over, particularly Johnny Depp, and Lone Ranger flopped. And Helena mm. Bonham Carter. God damn it, she's useless in that movie. Mm. But Her that, character, that's what I mean. No point. And, like,
2: the first one is the risk, and then they see if it does well or it does not. But they see if it does well, then they kind of just cram a lot of money into it, and then they, they kind of rush the, like the next two. And then you kind of don't have this sort of well-realised, well kind of uh, functional idea. And I think now we're seeing this kind of problem, not just in fantasy, but in a lot of other kind of film franchises, where the problem there is that they want to franchise everything. Hmm. So they're no longer just selling you a movie. They're trying to... At every selling moment, you movie four as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. They're selling you, but the thing is, they're not just selling you movie four at movie three. They're selling you movie four at movie one.
3: Yeah.
2: And it's kind of like, let's just make a film. So the problem... Please.
3: The problem with fantasy Lord of the
1: Rings isn't... probably has a lot to answer for mm. with this. Yeah? I it's... think so, because, like, it was- I mean, you don't watch Fellowship of the Ring and think that's a complete film. No, you watch it no. and you're like, oh, yeah, it's part- And, and it was so successful. I, I mean, really, be before Lord of the Rings, think about the very first Star Wars film. That's a complete film. Yeah, standalone. Yeah. Beginning, middle, yeah. end, wraps Shit, even up- Even
2: fucking um, Force Awakens is not a complete film. No, not at all. No, it's not.
1: It's. I would actually- And it also than, lacks- More that... than Marvel, I would actually say it's been since Lord of the Rings
2: that films have been- <laughs> Gabe oh. and, and Ed Goose are now pointing at each other and they just touched fingers. just touched, fingers, touched fingers. fingers. I wanted to cut them off there so I could a... talk
3: more about how The Force Awakens doesn't have a blank slate protagonist either.
4: Oh, Ray's a pretty good blank slate to start with.
3: She's not that blank. She yeah, has she... a bit of an arc, like a tiny little She has little a bit
4: one. of an arc, but she's she's the she's the blank slate.
3: She's closest to it. But you don't she's know not anything totally about blank. her.
4: You just know that she's this girl who but wants to get off this planet. Also, it's I would simple. generally. But she wants to get back on the planet.
1: With Force Awakens. Because Star Wars is so established, you don't need by that point, slate. we're already in.
2: Because you don't we're need a blank in.
4: slate in the prequels either.
2: Yeah. Mm. And mm, look just, how that worked out.
3: That's true. Mm.
2: So, yeah, I mean, maybe I guess we do have, like, Lord of the Rings a lot to answer for. Because, again, they're, they're the ones that's setting up this, like, big spiralling epic. Yeah. And, you mm. know what makes more than one film? Three films. More than any superhero <laughs> films really did. Yeah.
3: So the problem with fantasy isn't fantasy. The problem with fantasy is Hollywood.
2: Oh, a <laughs> <laughs> but it's not the problem with just most films. And then they just become a bit too, you know, the bubbles just become a bit too big. But the thing is, because we need Hollywood to have the money to support Oh, yeah. No, the I love Hollywood.
3: Hollywood, I love you.
2: <laughs> but no we, we need the kind of money that Hollywood can provide. For sure. Because Sorry, we're, not, we're, <laughs> not, we're not really going to get an, like a short independent fantasy film. Are we? Like, How awesome would that be? You couldn't. Though. Hang on, I'm trying
4: to think what, you would, what would be close. The only thing I can think of is like Bridge to Terabithia. Yeah,
3: maybe monsters. You ever see monsters? That's I, I would go. That's more sci-fi, though. Yes, it's yeah. but it's still a genre film, low budget. Yeah, I'm not going. Though. I'm True. not going
4: low True. budget genre because you can do low budget genre on most things. Fantasy seems to be the exception because if you do it, that's it tends fantastic. to be horror. Mm-hmm. I like, like, think of a low about, budget
1: high fantasy in particular. The only thing How? I can think
4: of is The Princess Bride.
3: Mm. I mean, even that's not Which really at the time, low budget. Would be would have been massive. So yeah, mm-hmm.
2: I because I, again that's 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 the kind of I guess like the double-edged sword with with fantasy. Isn't what that? about Monty Python the and the yeah.
3: Holy Grail? High budget, probably high-ish budget.
4: Different though, because it's lampooning fantasy yeah. tropes.
1: Yeah. Also, no, that was notoriously really cheap. Like notoriously really <laughs> yeah. cheap. They couldn't afford horses. That was why they did the coconuts. That's nuts. right. Love so is it.
3: that the perfect example of low budget fantasy? I guess. But I think you, kind you can of get away in, with it. It's a literal Al-Korean <laughs> legend.
4: Setting a fantasy.
3: Yeah. World. Again, mixing fantasy with other things. There Draw you go. That, that's in. the
4: thing. Find a low budget fantasy film, or a like, like, like a, like a. I say Moon or Source Code. They're probably expensive, but we see them as kind of but low budget, yeah. relatively also,
3: low budget.
1: Yeah. I think part of, part of the reason we haven't seen one yet. Bear with me for a second here. I think part of the reason we haven't seen one yet is because. Fantasy has never allowed itself to that. It's never allowed itself because, as a genre, it's never become so ubiquitous or so so across the board successful that it has the room to innovate, really. Like, sci-fi has sort of always been around. Mm. And, you know, sci-fi you can do on no budget. You can do on a big budget. You can kind of always make it work because, again, it tends to be rooted in a relatively recognisable world. Um, Superhero films are so, so ubiquitous at the moment that you can start to kind of play around with it a bit. And you can have your Deadpools and you can have your Guardians and even films that aren't that subversive but you to be. Jessica Joneses, if you will. Uh, And, um, you know, you can do that. And uh, with fantasy... I don't think we've, because like, you know, the, all the films you just listed off, uh, your Harry Potter's, your Lord of the Rings, all of that. And if you're going high fantasy in particular, like fantasy films that take place in a world that is clearly not ours, mm. there really have not been that many that have ever been made. And of those Conan, ones that have been made, really only Lord Conan of the Rings. might
3: be the most successful
1: outside of Lord of the Rings. In terms of, of, of low rings. budget.
3: Not in terms of low budget, but high in fantasy. terms of like an American yeah. made We'll see, but High furnace Hollywood
2: blockbuster. But then the remake or the new... the Yeah, the remake bombed. Bombed hard. Same with... like Yeah, it, but... Uh, and and Hercules bombed hard as well. Hercules did as well. Yeah, that's because it was just mm. bad.
4: It had Ian McShane in it though. That's true. He's a good man. Oh, that worked out good for Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> 4. <laughs> and
2: to Deadwood. Yeah.
4: Hey, Deadwood's getting oh, a movie. It. Oh, I said it. Oh, I said it. You're holding, holding the right pencil. You. You're in a fighting mood. Give me the pencil, game
2: Good boy.
3: Deadwood is getting a film everything as well.
4: Now... I think you're onto something though, Gabe. I think the biggest problem with fantasy in terms of its filmmaking potential is not necessarily the budget, the story, the director. I think it requires so much more world building than any other genre out there. And that the effort required for that world building, whether it's time from its creators, commitment from its creators and backers, believability from its audience or cost from its backers that – you can only do it by committing 100% with mm. large amounts of money because the world-building involved in fantasy is bigger than any other genre and that's why it doesn't work as well in cinema.
2: All right. Boom.
4: Ed Goose, not.
1: Handsome Tom, out.
3: Yeah, go Ed Goose. Great <laughs> <Brand points. laughs> Mic drop, but don't actually drop the mic. We need those. Pencil drop.
1: I think it's better the pencil gets dropped. <laughs> yeah, don't pick
3: oh, he's already he's already got it. Never mind. It didn't affect me.
2: And I think that You're immune. I think that's Congratulations, it. Congratulations, mate. He's Frodo. It's still affecting me. <laughs> Handsome Tom is the Frodo in the room. I, 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 me. <laughs> I think that's pretty much hit the nail on the head because of that commitment. And it's it is a lot of time, energy, resource, money, commitment as well. And is it too big a risk? And I guess nine times out of ten, the answer is yes. Because we've seen all these other examples where some of them have worked, but the majority haven't. And the majority haven't worked probably because I would argue that they haven't committed to that, well, but the why, lesson you know, isn't learned. You had your Eragons and things like that that sort of started
1: popping up right after Lord of the Rings, yeah. and none of them worked because they rushed them out, being like, oh, yeah, we're going to make this work. Yeah. But I, I suppose that's, that's not just in fantasy. That's like in anything yes, when, yes. you know, it's just something trends, successful yeah. and starts rushing it out. The thing is, with fantasies, it's so much harder because they require so much more work, yeah. and they're so much more embarrassing if you don't do them well.
2: And on that note... I've been Joel. I've been Tom. I've also been Tom. I've been Gabe. And if you guys have any opinions on fantasy and why it may or may not work, uh, let us know. Sanspansradio at gmail.com or tweet us out. Uh, you can find uh, us collectively at Radio or me personally at GodDamnitZamit. You can find me at TomEdGoose. At AwkwardTread.
1: At GoldbergMoser.
2: Bye!